Hi, it's Paul Camillos. Welcome to Series 6 of Shooting the Breeze. Join me and my co-host Jacinta Gavind alongside the STB crew as we cover women's hoops and women in hoops. We'll share conversations and get a little deeper with inspiring players, amazing coaches and the legends from behind the scenes. Especially in this series, we'll be talking to dream chasers that give it their all and lead with their heart. Yeah, it's a weird, crazy feeling because especially now I am a little bit older in the league and then I've got a coach who I like literally loved when I was young. So it is a little bit of a strange dynamic, but it's also just like really cool that that gets to happen. Loz Nicholson is back in black and Flames fans are ecstatic to see her in her home strip. A reigning WNBL champ, Loz is having a stellar season that has literally kept the team in the hunt. A part of this season's MVP conversation, she returns to shooting the breeze in a fun chat that's equal parts entertaining and enlightening. We wind back the clock to her first WNBL championship in 16-17 with the team and her decision to leave her hometown to the present day and her surprise that she's still learning and improving nearing a decade later with an inspiring group of new teammates and coaches. We're always grateful to Loz for sharing her vulnerability, her evolution as a player and her growing confidence back on home turf that's boosted her performance along with her joy of the game. It's a timely conversation leading into this weekend's blockbuster event at Kudos Arena, the first WNBL standalone arena game for women's hoops in New South Wales with an epic showdown between the Sydney Flames and the Southside Flyers in an important matchup before playoffs. Welcome to Shooting the Breeze. Joining me, my co-host Jacinta Gavin, and we've got a special guest. Joining us is Loz Nicholson from Sydney Flame, and it's a couple of days before the big matchup in Sydney against the Southside Flyers. Loz, welcome to the show. It's great to have you back. We've been looking forward to this one for a while. Yeah, it's good to be back. I love chatting to you guys, so can't wait to have another chat again. Yeah. <laughs> Let's start off with just, you know, you've moved back to Sydney, you're back home, you're playing for the Flames again after a stint, you know, in other states. What's it feel like? Yeah, it's it's really good to be back. Uh, I am a bit of a homebody, which sounds funny because I've been away for so long, but I love it. My whole family is still here. So I do feel like it's been a long time coming, um, coming back to Sydney, but uh, it just felt like the right time now. And to be honest, I'm not sure I want to leave again now I've had a taste of it. Um, so, yeah, no, it's, been, it's been really good being back. Has it allowed you to have a bit more of a balance between family and basketball, like in terms of lifestyle? Yeah, definitely. Um, I feel like I still spend a lot of time at my mum's house. Uh, I was just back there tonight cooking dinner. Um, so that's been really good. And I think, you know, I played in Adelaide and Townsville and a bit of NBL1 in Melbourne. And I think while I was there, I loved it. But 
I had really a sole focus on basketball and, um, you know, trying to improve my game. But I think I'm at a time in my life now where I'm realizing, well, I've always known family is important, but I'm realizing how much it means to me to be back home and um, be around my family, especially, you know, while my sister's had a baby and um, I have another three nieces and nephews. So it's important that I'm home and absolutely loving it. And, you know, that's coming on the back of a pretty big 12 months for you too. You know, it's you you got a championship up in Townsville. It was Asia Cup bronze. So you've had a lot happening. You're back to Sydney. Things didn't get off to a great start this season, but things seem to be starting to fall into place now at, at the right end of the season as well. Yeah, it was a, a really great 12 months. That championship we won in Townsville was really special. Uh, it, I spent three years there, so to end on that was really great. I'm not sure I would have left Townsville if we hadn't ended on that, so I am really grateful that we won. And that was a really special time, and then as well playing at the Asia Cup. I mean, any time you put on the green and gold is a special time. So being able to medal at that too is something that I'll have with me forever. And and now back with Sydney, it was a really uh, interesting start is probably a nice way of putting it. Um, <laughs> um, it was very up and down. Um, but I, we did have a couple of injuries and Kayla came in late and there was a few interruptions. Denise out, who was a big piece of our um, team at the start. So it's taken a little while, but I do feel like finally now, after the last few games, that we have found a little bit of form and everyone's finding their way a little bit more. It's a bit of a cliche when they say, oh, you know, championships don't come easy, but uh, this season the Flames have certainly had to really climb quite the mountain being a brand new team, new coaching, uh, yeah, and then probably having some of those unexpected wobbles at the start of the season. So it's really good to see everyone coming to their own now. One person that I want to give a quick shout-out to, and Paul may know who this is because he did me a solid at the press conference, but Paige Bradley has just come in leaps and bounds this season. She looks a lot more relaxed. Her on-board defence is improved like 100%. Uh, what is she like to train with uh, and what is she like on and off court? Because I heard she's also a bit of a comedian. Yeah, Paige is great. Um, she, uh, she's just unbelievable. I said from, as a player, I said from the start, she is really good. She was training really well and she just wasn't really putting it out on the court at the start of the season. And I think it was hard for her, you know, she was kind of a bit of a, a late comer. She was signed late. She probably wasn't expecting a WNBL contract just like that and I think the opportunity was given to her and it was a little bit, um, I don't know, it took her a little while to find her feet and it was always going to but I think we all had belief in her and knew how good she was because she was training unbelievable. So I knew it would come for her eventually and she's been awesome. I really feel like she's a big part of the reason we've been winning games lately. She's been the point, our point guard is always the most important. I think she's done a really great job and she is a comedian. She's absolutely hilarious. Yeah, she's funny. Just a funny, funny girl. And I, I honestly couldn't say one bad word about her, but I mean, that's like a lot of our team, but yeah, she's, she's great. I've got to say one of the things I've noticed, you know, when we get in early to the games and, and sort of watch the warm up, as the season's progressed, what I've noticed is that 
you guys are having a lot more fun in, in the warm-up, right? There's a little bit of dancing going on. There's a little bit of laughing going on. It's, it seems like you're a lot more relaxed as a team, whereas at the beginning of the season and the first few rounds, that wasn't really happening as much. So is that a fair observation that you guys are getting kind of relaxed and more comfortable around each other and you're having a lot more fun and that's translating you know, to the floor? Yeah, I do think the second half of the season has been more fun. Yeah, as I said before, it, it took us a little while. I think it took us a little while to gel. I think we were all got along fine and all of that, but I think, I don't know, it's taken us a little while to just find it on the court. And even, yeah, you can notice it in warm-up. It does seem more relaxed. I know Kayla and Vanessa are always having a laugh when we're doing ladders and <laughs> Paige and DD are probably out there fighting like sisters, so everyone's laughing at them. Um, yeah, so... It is more relaxed and I think it, it is helping us. And going back to you though, you're, you have consistently been performing really well all season. I don't think you really faltered. If I was to be a real nerd and graph it, I don't think there are really a lot of dips in your performance through the whole season. So is it sometimes hard to stay focused on performing your best for your team during those ups and downs or do you kind of just get on with business as usual regardless of the situation yeah i just try and get on with it i think guy has actually been really good for me in that regard he's kind of one of those coaches that never gets too high and never gets too low and i think that that has really rubbed off on me as well i just try and stay really level-headed and neutral the whole way through because he always says that if you're winning games you become too confident and if you're losing, you're really, really flat and negative. So you've got to find somewhere in between because you're really not that good and you're really not that bad. And I like the way he speaks about that. So I think he's been good for me that way. It's always interesting when, when we're at the games watching the coaching staff as the game progresses through. You know, you're watching the ups and downs. Like you're watching the game, but you're watching watching the coaching staff. You kind of see the whole ups and downs in their faces. Do you ever notice in breaks and what and timeouts and whatever how they're reacting to the way the game's progressing? Yeah, I do. You know, I actually notice it more when we watch film back. I notice the coaches on the sideline, <laughs> and I have a little giggle sometimes because. Guy doesn't show much emotion, but I do notice he does clap and smile a little bit when he's on the sideline. Um, and then they are a really good makeup of coaches because, you know, Guy's probably the more serious, probably a little bit more brutal, but also a really caring guy as well. And then you've got Renee, who's pretty straight to the point and also has a really great knowledge of the game, um, which she has. She's good on the video and she's a real people person. And then you've got T who really brings the energy and is just really positive all the time. So I don't know, they're a really good makeup of coaches. I think they really balance each other out really well. Yeah, I, like for, when you're sitting back and you're kind of observing the game, it, you can read so much from the coaches' expressions. There was one game, it was not a good game, right? But I remember seeing, having a look, and there was Guy sitting on the LED board on the side and he was just kind of like watching and he was like this is the first time i've ever seen him do something like this this does not look like a happy guy no 
<laughs> I can just imagine the face. I can actually just imagine that. No, he, you definitely know when he's mad and he will tell you when he's mad. But that's what we love about him. He also tells you if you're doing all right too. So it's, it's um, yeah, goes both ways with him. <laughs> <laughs> and the last time I saw you face-to-face -face was after a tuning session on the day of a home game against Townsville and you and Renee had to take some time away just to um, have a bit of a catch-up. So it seems like that she's been a pretty good support or, I guess, uh, input for your season so far. So what are some of the main things or surprising things you have learnt from Renee so far? Oh, I've learnt a lot. She's actually been really good for my confidence. I sit with her a fair bit and we do um, individual performance plans in our team, so have things that we want to work on, get better at, and she helps me with that, getting better at those things. But she i don't know she's just got this knowledge and i mean you know her as well she's just got this really great feel about her and i love chatting to her i love chatting to her about what she knows about basketball yeah i don't know i just have a lot of respect for the way she is the way she communicates with people and i think she really gets the best out of people that she's coaching yeah, she really does. And um, when I was re doing some extra reading about her at the end of last year, you know, to prepare an article about her appointment as assistant, a lot of things, old things that were popping up was just how much she is, as you said, a people person and how much confidence she instills in her players. But now you think about it, she speaks to you with such conviction and such confidence when she's talking about anything that uh, it's very almost contagious for you, like not to, to take that on board. Like she can convince you to go and eat glass and tell you that it's good for you. And you'll be like, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she actually does do that. Anything she tells you, you're like, oh, that sounds like a good idea. And it's, yeah, it's funny. I actually used to, um, I was telling her this the other day, I haven't ever told her because I didn't want her to get a big head, but I used to watch her when I was really young play. I remember one game vividly, her playing at Bankstown in a state championship and thought she was just the coolest person ever and then was too scared to talk to her for a really long time and then all of a sudden she was my coach and it feels crazy because she's only she's not that much older than me. But in my mind, I just feel like she's been around forever and just got so much well she does have so much experience and so much to offer and now she's your bestie yeah that's <laughs> it <laughs> just on that point i'm kind of curious what's it feel like when you're you're a kid and you've been watching a player and you're like you look up to that player and then there they are they're part of your team yeah it's a weird crazy feeling because especially now I am a little bit older in the league and then I've got a coach who I like literally loved when I was young. So it is a little bit of a strange dynamic, but it's also just like really cool that that gets to happen. And I always think about, well, I maybe want to coach one day and it's going to be cool. The little kids that come through and say, oh, I used to watch you, you know, it's just <laughs> going to keep going around and around. So yeah, it is a really great dynamic. It's, I think it's very unique to basketball in Australia because it is such a small community, especially if you choose to dedicate a lot of time to it and take a bit more of an in-depth interest in it. I feel like sometimes those full circle moments are sometimes inevitable. 
and like you're always going to orbit similar people like i even remember watching you at 16's nationals going and remembering how good you were then and so i'm not surprised that you then went to St Mary's and now you're playing the way you're playing and it's just funny how like those things just keep coming around yeah for I feel like it happens all the time every team you're on it's always a full circle moment like oh or you know someone that knows someone it just happens over and over again I mean I know it was like with you guys I hadn't spoken to you in a while but then it's full circle here we are again on this podcast like I love it <laughs> it's the best <laughs> And, like, talking that, that full circle thing is, you know, you've come back from Townsville and you brought Spads with you as well. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Spads is the best. We've played together so much. I mean, we obviously played together in Sydney that year that we won. When was that? 2016, 17? Yep. And then the three years in Townsville were really special. And I just I have so much respect for Spads and the way she plays basketball. And I think I... I tell her after a lot of games, like, oh, I just love the way you played today because she does all the little things and it's all the things that people don't necessarily stat or see. And I think that is what makes a really great basketballer. And we, as Sats and I have a little thing where we actually, I don't know if you've ever noticed, but we hug right before warm-up start every single game and we've done that probably for the last four years religiously. And... I don't know, it, that's just really special to me and I feel like we will keep doing that for as long as we're playing. But, yeah, no, I do love Spads and she's been a big part of my life now for a lot of years and I'm sure I've been a big part of hers too. So it's cool and I hope that we can keep playing together and hopefully till I finish my career she'll be on my team. Now, again, talking about that warm-up period, because there's all sorts of interesting stuff that happens in warm-up. <laughs> Very important. Oh, right? yeah. Trained you are about our warm up. Uh, well, when you get there early and you get to, you just get to observe, and it, it's it's always really interesting because when you watch enough of them, you start noticing little patterns happen. And the one thing that I've always found interesting is I see Spads when she goes off to have a drink. There's a juice box. Yeah, she's always drinking juices because <laughs> <laughs> everybody else has got the big water bottles, and then. There's a juice box and it's just, it, it's so different, you know, and it's almost like, but it works for her character. Don't ask me why. It just, I see it and I kind of go, yeah, okay, I get that. Yeah. 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 Everyone has their own little things. Sads loves her juices. Um, I'm probably only ever drinking Powerade, so <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how much water I'm drinking on the side either. <laughs> You and Jade Melbourne will have to compete for who can drink the most Powerade because I think she, uh, yeah, she, there was a time when um, I think it was last season there used to be like a page in a major newspaper and then there were like fun facts about people and Jade just mentioned Powerade. <laughs> and three facts or something that she could share, one of them was about Powerade, something about Powerade, so now I just kind of hold it against her. Yeah, hold against her. <laughs> But I think Spads, I hate to take the illusion out of it for you, Paul, but I think Spads is actually lives with type 1 diabetes, so I think she needs the juice, the glucose from the juice. Yes. Yeah, I, look, I, I know, and I I, I, under, I get that, but it's just like, you know, you see everybody else, it's, it's Powerade, it's water, there's the juice box. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and it is, like you said, it is 
it just weirdly makes sense. It doesn't yeah. need an explanation. You just see Spads doing her thing with a high curly bun and a juice box, and you're like, that makes sense. Yeah. 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 So you mentioned the you mentioned the championship here in, in Sydney. Um, the team's changed. So, you know, you knew the team from before, and now you've gone away for a few years and you come back. How do you see the changes in the team? Yeah, I mean, I feel like we have two really quality imports this season. I think that they both took a little while to find their form, but I think that they found it at the right time. And I think back in 16, 17, you know, we had like Snelly and Leilani and they were <laughs> great to watch and veterans and, you know, all of the above played for Australia, just unbelievable players. But I think that we added that again this season and I think that Tess and Kayla bring that exact thing, experience, leadership. They've been around for a long time. They've both played a lot of games for Australia. I mean, Tess is the Opals captain. So I think that that is what makes up a great team. And I think, you know, that Sydney team from a few years ago, a little bit the same. It took a little while to find some real good form but probably not as long as this group has. Um, but, I mean, for different reasons, we haven't found it. But I, I don't know. I truly feel like we've found it now. And whether that is the right timing and we play well these last games or it's too little, too late, who knows. But, yeah, I do think we'll, we will play well these next games just by the way we're all feeling right now. Oh, I just wanted to ask something else. It, it, it just actually just came into my mind when you were talking about the imports. Do you know what goes into the decision for Didi as to how she wears her hair? <laughs> um, no, <laughs> absolutely no idea. She could come with any hair, do any day. But the unbelievable part is she always looks really good with whatever hairdo. So it's like, I mean, if I ever did anything else to my hair, I'd be like, what is she doing? But Dee Dee just looks, no matter what it is, braids, two big buns, whatever it is, she looks phenomenal all the time. <laughs> How do yeah. you do it? And look, the reason I'm asking that is because she came out, a few games back she came out, she had the two buns, and somebody turned around, I heard somebody say, what's she done to her hair? And I kind of thought, huh? And they were like, normally she wears it down in braids. What's she done to the hair? Why, is, why isn't she wearing her braids? I thought, okay. So obviously fans are actually paying attention to what she's to the, doing with, with the hairstyle. I was like, okay, that's kind of interesting. Yeah. I mean, I think it comes with she, she has this, like, swag, I guess, about her, the way she plays basketball, the her style, everything about her is just a little bit eye-catching. So uh, that's probably the reason people are talking about her, the way her hair is, everything, because that's just who she is as a person is just, you know, what's she going to bring today? Um, yeah. And we're probably just accustomed now in the WNBL that everyone has a high bun <laughs> or, or, or a low pony. Like, there's no in-between and Dee Dee is doing all of the in-between. You either have high bun or you have low pony and that's it. Yeah, and we don't change it all season. <laughs> and it's low pony with a centre part as well and you don't change it all season like you said. Yeah. I used to be really weirdly superstitious about stuff like that too. So if I had a really good game wearing a particular ribbon, I would wear that ribbon every game until I didn't have a good game. 
and then the ribbon was gone. <laughs> exactly. Oh, that's great. <laughs> and so, Loz, do you have any superstitions like that? Uh, not really. <laughs> not really. No. I mean, I say that. I say that, but I do do this. I actually do the same thing, whether it's I, but it's if I play well or don't play so well. But I'll keep doing the same thing over and over. Like I'll wear the same. I have about three sports bras and undies that I'll rotate through, and <laughs> I'll wear my hair the same every game. Like I don't really go outside of like a small box of what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> don't mess with what works. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> well, sometimes, though, those little routines and rituals, I mean, I think uh, Rafa Nadal is probably one of the most famous people for having his very unique rituals. It could just be really, like, calming and stabilising to help settle some pre-game nerves to do those kinds of things. Like, you're getting ready a certain way, you do think there's a certain routine and the time and stuff like that. Yeah, I think it's more calming than anything else. It's not so much... I have to do this to play well. It's more just it makes it a little bit more relaxing and you've got your things in order and you're just ready to go. Uh, I wanted to ask you something. It's kind of off-centred kind of question. You know, the, the big intros into the game where you guys get to run into the dark stadium and you've got the lights on you and all the rest of it, what's that feel like? <laughs> I'm, really, I'm really awkward. Um I get so awkward when I do that. I don't, I'm sure most of the girls love it, but I think because I'm the first person to run out as well, I have no one to high five when I get there. So I always run out and then I kind of just stand and clap myself on the free throw line and awkwardly wait until the next person's called out. <laughs> um, I do always try and look at my family when I'm running out, if I can see them, if it's not too dark. But, no, yeah, I get really awkward about it. But I know a lot of the girls, they love it and they all have a little – I know Dee Dee does a little hop, skip and a jump and Isla, she has this little running strut going on. Um, yeah, I don't know. Everyone seems to enjoy it, but I'm just the awkward one at the start that just wants to get there. <laughs> You might have to start making uh, making a thing of it, just owning it and just coming out with a different run or a different walk or a different thing, a different dance. Maybe I will. Next time I'll try something completely not like me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and to me, it's like we've, we talked about this before, everybody seems to be having a lot of fun. But what I've observed is you seem to be having more fun playing this year than I've seen you over the last few years. Is that that fair? Yeah, definitely. I feel like I feel like this has been my most enjoyable season that I've had, even though we probably haven't won as many games as I have in previous teams. But I just think I feel so much more relaxed, less stressed out and I don't know I don't know I can't really pinpoint one thing but I think it's a, f a few different things maybe being home it takes your mind off basketball a little bit um, I have a lot more to do outside of it and I as I said before I've found a bit of a way to not get too high and not get too low about games I mean they still I say that they still really affect me I still hate losing I'm still competitive but 
I'm not going to hold on to it for a really long time. And I think also just getting older, you sort of, you sort of realize that why I've always asked myself, why am I putting so much pressure on myself? Why am I so stressed out? Like I do everything right. I train, I put in the extra work, whatever. It'll just work out how it's meant to work out. And that's kind of the approach I have now. And I also too, I think, I know I touched on Guy a little bit before, but he's been good for my confidence. I think that's where I've kind of fallen short in some of my career, just sacking myself a little bit. But he tells me, he's a man of few words, but he tells me things that really stick with me. And one of them has been always play off your shot, Loz, play off your shot. And I think that that's what I probably have been the worst at Um my whole career is just passing up open things and, you know, not backing myself consistently. So I think he's been good at reminding me that, oh, I am an okay player. I can make that shot. I can do it. So he says that a lot. And, yeah, I think I have a sort of a new confidence in me and I'm just enjoying it. I just enjoy being home and playing here. It's interesting that you mentioned, like, how much things change for you on and off the court and your mindset changes when you get older because – I'm pretty sure, correct me if I'm wrong, but pretty much since you finished college, you haven't really had a season off. Am I right? No, I haven't. I've played back-to-back every year, yeah. And so through that process too, I guess, you know, through uh, different wins and losses in every sense of the word, you try and um, learn a little bit more about what's right for you and, and some of the things you don't need to do. But as you've gotten older, um, you spoke about how you need to be more confident. Have you learnt more about yourself in the way that you need to, like, recover or you need to look after yourself mentally and things like that? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think after that season with Sydney when I first got back from college, I had a bit of a decision to make if I was going to stay in Sydney or move. And I think I needed to find a situation where I was just playing basketball and not having to work and you know afford to pay rent and do all these things and I found that in Adelaide and I could just be a full-time basketballer and really work on the physical side of things and I think that moving to Adelaide was that was the best time to do that for the physical side and just trying to actually get better at basketball and make a bit of a career out of it because when I played for Sydney I could do it but I was probably always going to sit at about a seventh eighth man role player if I didn't get myself in shape and really put in the work. So that was a big reason I left Sydney because I didn't have the opportunity to be a full-time basketballer. So that was huge and I think I did pretty well at that over a couple of years in Adelaide. And then I think probably, you know, the mental side probably I worked on a little bit later, um, probably more so when I was living in Townsville. Things got a little bit harder. I was, you know, missing out on teams making teams even making teams became hard because the pressure to perform when you're at tournaments and all of these things were it was hard like it's hard it's really hard so I feel like I've worked on that over the previous few years so it's been like a real shift for me it's been physical for a few years and then it's been mental for a few years but now I feel like I've found a pretty pretty solid place and um feel pretty good both ways do you find that You've had people throughout your career who've really helped you kind of develop different different aspects of your game. So, you know, you mentioned Renee, but also, you know, you had a few years with, with Shannon, who's a really great coach. 
who are the people that have sort of really given you those those extra bits of knowledge that you know might have taken you longer to achieve if they hadn't sort of helped you along the way well i think i think chris lucas gave me my first real opportunity to be a full-time basketballer in adelaide um, i was always really grateful to him for that and he put in a lot of work with my shooting as well when i first got there and then i ended up leaving adelaide which was really a really hard decision because I knew he had given me that opportunity, but I wanted to move on because I felt like I'd come to a bit of a standstill. So I chose to go to Townsville and I knew Shannon had a great reputation for, you know, skill development. His IQ is through the roof. Um, so I feel like when I moved there, I actually learned a lot about the game, which was great. Like I improved a lot there. I've, Played pretty well that first season in the hub after a, a pretty long preseason before that with him. So, yeah, that move was great. And then obviously now with Guy and Renee, I'm learning a lot from them too. And it's funny, I always thought I would get to a point getting a bit older that you wouldn't learn much more. It's kind of like, well, what else is there to really know? But I feel like I've started again almost learning under these two because every coach is so different and they have so much knowledge as well i'm like god i can keep improving in so many other ways which is really cool and then also i think like i've had conversations with people along the way that have helped the mental side and they probably don't even know that like i i played for a coach in tasmania his name's tony webb and he I still talk to him on the phone every week and he's really helped me just being able to let things out, help me with letting things go um, as well. And um, Peter Lonigan as well, he's been another one that's always been in my corner and someone that I can chat to about anything at any time basketball related. So that's been good. I've had so many, so many great people in my life to help with all of those things. From all those people, I mean, obviously, is, is there one really piece of gem advice that you you kind of go yeah yeah that that was that was a piece of gold oh nah, not that i can think of off the top of my head you know what there's probably so many oh <laughs> i'm sure i'll get off this podcast and one will just <laughs> click in my brain for sure <laughs> yeah that sort of thing will will happen i kind of the stuff that i'm really finding interesting is understanding more about the dynamics with all the different people within the team and because you know over many many years watching teams you see teams that are really keyed up and you see teams that are really focused and really driven and i think this year's flames team is a team where i've seen you guys having so much fun and you're gelling really well together what's it like having you know, people like, like Tess and Kayla there to help kind of steady things for the team? Is, is that is that a key part to it? Yeah, I think that they have been great for our team. I think the whole makeup of the team has been really great. I know, you know, Tess and Kayla, they have bigger personalities, you would say, than some of the other girls on the team who have smaller personalities and just a bit more quiet, which is like, it's just normal, but... <laughs> I think that that is what makes us so great. You know, they lead the way and, you know, the rest kind of just follow. And then, you know, you've sort of got some people that have 
like like me that kind of just fall somewhere in the middle. So they've been good for our team. You know, Tess, she's just a leader. She's the Opals captain. She's been around a long time. She knows what she's talking about and she's been a part of winning teams and that's exactly like Kayla. She has a wealth of knowledge because she's been on so many winning teams and played with such great players. So it's cool to play with them both. It's been really great. And, you know, Sydney came into this season, there was a lot of expectations because of the roster that had been signed, obviously. And obviously, you know, people didn't, like Kayla came in late because of WNBA. Tess was out for a while. As you said, Janice has been out. How does that affect you guys? And how do you kind of... Because you got to you got to keep each other up. Because I'm guessing it's you know it must be it's hard for the players who can't get on the court because they want to be on the court. How do you support each other through that? Yeah, it's hard. I think that that was part of a little part of the problem in the beginning why we weren't winning as many games as we thought we could. Is no one knew exactly what their role was just because people were in and out. You know, Tess has been a little bit out now. She's back in, and that sort of puts a limitation on some other players' roles and Kayla coming in late. Well, I mean, Spads was our only big throughout the whole preseason. And then, yeah, Shanice out too. And then her even coming back, like, what's that going to look like for other players? So it is hard, but I think I think everyone has sort of found their way and knows exactly what they're bringing now. And like a really great example is Emma Clark. She is a great player, but you know, her role has changed dramatically throughout the whole season and it's gone from one thing to another thing to another thing and I think right now she's really found herself. She comes off the bench and she's a real offensive threat. She can really shoot it. So when she's open, she lets it go, all of these things. And I think that she's really found that role and doing a really good job of it. It's like Kira, another really great role player. She comes in, she knows she's a defensive specialist she knows she can attack the ring, be a great cutter, all of these things. And I think that all of our players now are starting to really find their way and know where they fit into our system. Yeah, you can see it. You know, like if I go back, say, maybe three or four rounds, the occasionally you'd see that it almost looked like it, from time to time you guys were like one step out of sync with each other. I'm just talking about the the unconscious stuff, you know. Yeah. And... Now you just see it and it just everything falls into place. It's like magic watching it. How do you think? And I know, I know this is gonna be a, it's a really tough question, but how do you think how do you think the team to what the team's chances are to stay in that top four to get into postseason? I think our chances are pretty good. Um I mean I know we just had a loss against Southside a week or two ago. And they're pretty much the team that we need to beat twice to solidify a spot. But I don't know. I just, I mean, I don't want to speak too soon, but this next game I feel like confident for. I feel like the way we're playing, we should feel confident. I feel like, I feel like everyone is playing well. Like I even look at someone like Dee Dee now from the start of the season until right now, she's just like playing unbelievably. And she's really found her way. And I don't think anyone's really going backwards from now just because of what we have consistently put together in the last few games. So I think our chances are still really good. Um, and I think no matter the result 
of the next game and the game after that, I think that we will play well. So I'm hoping that just means wins and making the finals. Yeah, I, th- I think it's going to be interesting. This this game, you know, which is two days away, looks oh. like it's going to be a really, I mean, it's a key game, but it looks like if I'm looking at just from my opinion, the way everybody's been playing, yeah, I think it's going to be a really tight, tough tussle. And there's this ebb and flow that goes on because the way Southside has been playing well, but not necessarily as well as they did earlier in the season. So I don't know if it's like they're getting tired or, or what it may be. Are, are you guys, when you're sitting down looking at your film, are you, are you kind of looking for particular things or particular plays or particular players where you can see that there's a potential for a bit of an exploit? Yeah, definitely. We try and pick offensively, you know, we target players that we think don't do things as well as what they are in other areas. So, yeah, we do do that. We look at film, you know, we look how they guard pick and rolls because that's a large portion of the way we like to play all of those things. And, I mean, their team, Southside is talented and as we all know, have a lot of experience in their team. So they're always in big games, they're always going to play well and, you know, step up for that moment. So I think it will be a good game just because of that. You know, both teams have veteran players, have really great quality imports. So in big games, it's generally always a good game. And with Southside, I mean, that game against Caps where Caps beat them, it was a real David versus Goliath type match. And Caps just essentially out-hustled Southside to get that win. So, I don't know, was there much chatter in the league about that game in particular and Caps winning and perhaps, um, you know, everyone kind of feel that Southside are definitely a gettable team? Yeah, yeah, that was, yeah, a lot of people talked about that. You know, I think that Southside in the right moments, in finals, in late-season games, they will play to the best of their abilities and I think that that's maybe you know they might drop a few here and there um they drop one to the caps but maybe because they were you know fatigue might have set in or there might have been other factors for that but I I don't know they are a good team and they're going to be hard to beat for sure yeah so they're a big game team that's when they bring their a game I'm I I really wonder how because you know, the, the way they played at the beginning of the season to where they are now, it's like you said, this is the team that you guys have to be to be able to stay in that top four without giving anything away, obviously. What's Guy been saying to you about this? Uh, Don't give anything away. No, I won't give anything <laughs> away. Um, I mean, he just thinks they're really beatable and thinks that we can do it, really. And, I mean, I know last year Lauren Jackson, she's been playing really well these past few games. So it'll be one of our focuses to limit her. Um, You know, she's always going to make shots. She's incredible. I mean, she's going to make turnaround jump shots, all of that stuff. But where we can limit her in the paint and getting putbacks and stuff like that, that'll be important for us. Uh, And we also know Leilani, she's found some really great form to the back end of this season. So we're going to have to play, I mean, defense all over the court. Yeah, but the way we're playing offensively, I just, I think we just keep doing the same thing as we've been doing. One of the things that you mentioned that was mentioned before, you played at St Mary's. What do you think about the idea of you having playing again internationally? Yeah, I, 
I do have some thoughts about playing in Europe and whether that's a short stint at the back end of a WNBL season or a full season, I'm not really too sure. But yeah, it, it is on my radar. If it doesn't happen, it won't be the end of the world for me because I love being home. I love being in Sydney. So yeah, it's not that big of a deal. But if it was to happen, I would be really happy. And it's definitely something I would look at doing if the right situation popped up. And if you had your choice of countries, which one would it be? Oh, that's hard. Probably like Spain or somewhere. Somewhere where it's sunny. I was going to be really picky. Yeah, probably Spain. <laughs> I've heard France even. I don't know. Somewhere like that. I've heard good things about Spain though. Like, I mean, there's a couple of local players who have gone to Spain a few times and say a lot of good things about it. I think also Spain and perhaps France have the advantage of you can enjoy the lifestyle of sport as well while you're there. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's something I would definitely look at. I'd, I don't want to put myself in a situation where I can't go outside and enjoy myself and have a look around and do those things. So it would definitely be for basketball, but also another life choice, definitely. Well, you can always you can always ask Ness if she can fix you up for Greece. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. I don't know why I haven't gotten onto that yet. <laughs> okay, so... Now, just before we wind up, I'm really curious, what's next for you? You know, what do you see for yourself over the next 12 to 18 months? And it doesn't necessarily have to be basketball. It could just be anything. Yeah, that's actually, it's a really interesting question. And it's like something I've been thinking about a lot lately. I definitely want to keep playing basketball for as long as I can. You know, whether that's a little European stint, for the Sutherland Sharks, I love going home to play and obviously for the Flames. So, yeah, I'll, I'll keep playing. I really want to try and win a championship. Another championship is my goal definitely before I retire from basketball. But as well as that, um, family is really important to me. So having a family one day is important whenever that may be. But I feel like I've got a lot of basketball left to play, so we'll see. And then also, I also want to have a think about what's next for me. So maybe um, getting into a little bit of coaching or teaching even. I'm not really sure what that looks like, but over the next 12 months, I'll probably try a couple of things out and see if I do like anything and hopefully something good pops up. So in five years time, I'm not, you know, doing absolutely nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just have to keep coming on this podcast. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you're always welcome. Yeah. <laughs> maybe I can help you start your own. Yeah. Oh, maybe yeah. that's it. Maybe that's what I should be doing. <laughs> and I know that lots yeah. of friends will always want you in the commentary chair next to him for a Sutherland Sharks game. So that's always an option. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's where you'll find me Saturday nights at Sutherland Basketball. <laughs> <laughs> Making all the cool signs for me, uh, under 12 Division 3 players. Yep, yep, I love it. And I'm sure Coach Marjorie, who's going to be the women's coach next season, he will definitely keep a seat for you on the bench and you're ready to coach. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> Loz, as always, it's been great having you on. It's always great talking to you. Can't wait to see you 
at the stadium. Can't wait to see you back on the court in the next couple of days and for the rest of the season. It's just been fantastic. Thanks so much for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. I love chatting to you guys. Make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you get our latest pod. And we really appreciate if we could get a like and a review so we can extend the reach to more listeners. And don't forget, follow us on Instagram, Twitter and LinkedIn.